Hi, this is Lee Whitman, and today's podcast is going to be a continuation of the topic, The Law versus Grace. Welcome to the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Foundations International. Our desire is to equip you with biblical truth to empower you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. For more, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. Now, here's your podcast. So today, we're going to look at many scriptures. We don't have one main verse for this podcast, so there's going to be kind of a Bible study over uh, the, the topic of grace versus the law. So as we know, today, as believers in Jesus, we no longer live under the law. I'm going to read Romans 6, verses 3 through 7, actually twice. I'm going to read it from uh, the New American Standard and then from the Passion Translation, because I love the way the Passion Translation brings things out. So this is Romans 6, 3 through 7. Or do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we become united with him in the likeness of his death, Certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, that we would no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died is freed from sin. And those same verses from the Passion Translation say it this way, or have you forgotten that all of us who were immersed into union with Jesus, the anointed one, were immersed into the union with his death? Sharing in his death by our baptism means that we're co-buried and entombed with him, so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. For since we are permanently grafted into him to experience a death like his, then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection life like his and the new life that it imparts. That's amazing. So according to Romans 6, the following things are already true of us. We died with Christ. The old man, our old sinful nature, was baptized into Christ so that when he died on the cross, we died with him. The word baptized means to be immersed into or joined to, So when we accepted Christ as Savior, we were immersed into him or joined to him so that when he died, we died with him. Number two, we were buried with Christ. Number three, when he rose again to newness of life, we rose with him to a brand new life. Not the same old life with a new list of regulations to follow, a completely different life with a new operating system based on the grace of God. Number four, We have been set free from the power of sin. At the same time, we were also set free from the law. Number five, since we are joined with Christ, the life we now live is lived by the power of Christ living in and through us. Now, there are many definitions of grace. The most common definition is God's riches at Christ's expense, G-R-A-C-E. But my favorite definition of grace is God doing for man what man could not do for himself. So think about it. 
Man could not save himself, so God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross so that man could be made right with God. Man couldn't live the Christian life out of his own resources, so God sent his Holy Spirit to live in man, giving man the ability to live the Christian life. Wow. God doing for man what man cannot do for himself. So what about the law? What is our relationship with the law now? Again, a couple more verses. Romans 4, 1 through 4 says this, What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wage is not credited as a favor, but as what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. I think most believers would agree that we're saved by faith and not by our works. However, we don't always live our lives that way. Many start out knowing that we're saved by grace, but they feel then that they have to maintain their relationship with God by their works. Romans 4, 5 says that only by accepting what Jesus has done for us, not counting on our own works, will it be credited to us as righteousness. Now, in Romans 7, Paul uses an interesting analogy, proving that believers are no longer under the law and are no longer still yoked to the law. Romans 7, 1 through 6, and again, it's a long passage, but it's very important. Or do you not know, brethren, for I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives? For the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he is living. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law concerning the husband. So then, if while her husband is living, she is joined to another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law so that she is not an adulteress, though she is joined to another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ so that you might be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit of God. For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. But now we've been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound, so that we serve in newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Now, notice what it says. For as long as a woman's husband is alive, she's bound to her husband and may not marry another. But if the husband dies, she's now free to marry another. In this analogy, Paul switches it around and he says that we were married to the law and the law did not die. But we died in Christ to the law, so we're now free to be married to another, joined to another, to Jesus. Then in Romans 8, 1 through 5, this famous passage that most of us will know, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, Weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. 
For those who walk according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who walk according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. So Romans says that we have been set free from the law of the sin and death. However, we can still try to live the Christian life by our own resources, living out of the flesh, living by a list of do's and don'ts. But verse 5 says that by setting our minds on the things of the flesh, our human resources, living according to this list of do's and don'ts, we place ourselves back under the law. Now, one more thing you need to know about the law. The power of sin is inflamed by the law. 1 Corinthians 15, 56 says this, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. Now, let's say there's a seven-foot-high privacy fence along the sidewalk, and let's say this privacy fence has a knothole in the fence. People walk by that fence every day. No one really notices or gives much attention to the knothole. People don't really care that there's a knothole that you could look through. But if we were to put a sign on the knothole that says, don't look in this knothole, what's going to happen? People are going to just flock to the hole to look through it, right? That's the power of the law. As soon as the law says, don't do something, there's a power at work in us that says, I want to do that. You know, one of the reasons diets tend to fail is because you're focusing on what you can't have. I can't eat ice cream. I can't eat ice cream. I can't eat ice cream. What do I want to do? I want to eat ice cream. But grace, on the other hand, changes the heart. Grace empowers you to say no to things that are not healthy for you. Could you eat the ice cream? Sure. But not if you want to lose weight and get healthy. Trying to live the Christian life by the law does not work. It was never God's plan or intention for us to live by a list of rules and regulations. Romans 10.4 says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So this lesson leads people to ask, if we're under grace, does that mean we can do anything we want to do? Now, listen carefully to my full answer. The answer is yes, you can do anything you want to do. But before you get too outraged with me, let's look at who the real you really is. Let's go back to Romans 6, 1 through 3. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. The Passion Translation says, what a terrible thought. And the New King James says, certainly not. But it says, how shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? So here's Romans 6, 1 through 3 in the Lee Whitman translation. Ready? This is totally unauthorized, but it's mine. Can we continue in sin so that grace will increase? Are you nuts? You must not know who you really are. That's obviously my translation. If we no longer live by a list of rules and regulations under the law, then how are we as Christians supposed to live? Well, Galatians 5, 16 through 18 says this, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh for the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh for these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. 
And Galatians 5.18, from, again, from the Passion Translation. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the Spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of law, but soaring above it. Living by the Spirit in us is going to guide us to do everything that the law requires. It's going to do it by empowering us to do it from the inside. Remember again, the Spirit changes our have to into a want to, or even a I get to. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you so much that we don't have to live by an external list of rules and regulations, the law, but that we get to live in relationship with you. And as we bring our life to you, as we ask you about how, how we're to live our life, what we're to do with things, you'll tell us. And by doing so, we're going to fulfill everything the law already required, but it's going to be because we want to, not because we have to. So, Father, I ask right now, if there's any of us that are listening to this today that are living under the law, that you will show us the cause, you will show us the, the ungodly belief or the reason we do that, so that we can be set free to walk in the freedom of everything that you have for us, the freedom of this amazing life that you've given us. So thank you again that the law is no longer our master, but you are, that we can come to you and live the Christian life under grace in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us on the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast today. We pray you are blessed and equipped with biblical truth, empowering you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. To learn more about the ministry of Restoring the Foundations International, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.